0: Hi there, I'm James Dapache, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Team, today we are going to talk about privilege, and uh, not the kind of privilege that we sometimes discuss. Uh, We're gonna talk about privilege as it relates to the production of documents to court. Uh, What we have today is we've got a plaintiff someone bringing a claim, and we've got a defendant, someone resisting the claim, and we have documents produced as part of a process called discovery. And as some of you will know, um, that as part of a piece of litigation, uh, particularly commercial litigation, you'll have processes where parties are required to give documents or present them, provide them for discovery uh, from and to other parties. Now. Uh, In this case, we've got our defendant who discovers about 29,000 documents that fall within these categories for discovery and claims that 9,000 of them are privileged. And what it means if they are privileged is that the plaintiff, the person who wants to see the documents, won't be able to use them, they won't be able to come out before the court. Now the specific type of privilege we're talking about today is privilege that arises in respect of documents prepared for the dominant purpose of legal advice. So what our defendant is essentially saying is, hey, here are these 29,000 documents, 20,000 whatever, 9,000 were prepared for the dominant purpose of legal advice and so they're privileged, and so plaintiff, you don't get to use them. And that's the issue the court is forced to confront today. Now, as an administrative matter, Um, The court doesn't have to look at all 29,000 and indeed in relation to matters like this where courts are deciding um, whether to uh, consider privileged has been upheld or waived, um, sometimes the court won't even look at the documents themselves. And here there are about 25, 30 representative documents that were taken to represent the various categories so the court didn't have to sort of consider the status in relation to all of them. Now, what do these documents relate to? These documents related to the engagement by our defendant, who is itself a very big um, organisation and has itself quite a big in-house legal team. But what happened is that in-house legal team engaged an external law firm as part of a process of investigating a problem that the defendant identified. Now, the problem the defendant identified was that it had charged fees for no service over the years and it had reported itself to the regulator And it wanted to conduct an investigation and find out what other issues arose in respect of that. Now, so what it did was uh, it, the defendant, caused its internal legal team to instruct an external law firm to do two things, to do some investigation, so to go and make some factual findings, and then based on those findings, to offer some legal advice in relation to next steps and how the thing should be managed, that kind of thing. And so we've got essentially two parties here arguably one party but sort of two we've got the defendant itself we've got its in-house legal team and the external legal team now what happens is the court is essentially considering documents relating to the dealings of the external legal team uh, dealing them with the internal and then with the client itself and what uh, it is alleged is that the documents relating to that that fall within the nine thousand The defendant is saying they are privileged and the plaintiff is saying no they are not or some of them are not. What the plaintiff is saying is that firstly some of the work done by this external law firm was in relation to a report, was in relation to factual findings. And that report, those factual findings were delivered to the regulator uh, and privileged was waived in respect of that report. So our client said look here's this report i hope it helps it's part of our response to this problem that we've identified and what the plaintiff said was aha what you've done by not claiming privilege in that report is you've also waived privilege in the legal advice that relates to that report and it sort of says well look all this is part of the same universe you engage this law firm to provide this report you waive privilege in the report And so, sort of, all the work relating to that report in the same universe to that report is privileged. Now, the counter-argument to that is interesting, but before we get there, I have to uh, cover off one more bit of admin, which is what is legal advice? And when will the dominant purpose of something be legal advice? Well, firstly, the legal advice point, um, it's not merely anything a lawyer says to you, um, but legal advice is pretty broad. And it can include things like commercial strategic advice that you might turn to a lawyer for or even sort of PR, public perception kind of advice when a lawyer might make suggestions to you about the best way of going about things. And then when we talk about the dominant purpose, we talk about being a co-parent in a household where interesting things sometimes happen. When we talk about dominant purpose uh, the dominant purpose does not need to be the sole purpose Um, the dominant purpose does though need to be the dominant purpose in a genuine sense so if there are a broad range of purposes for which the document was prepared and none of them were dominant then privilege would not attach to the relevant communication if uh, the, there were a broad number of purposes and the dominant one was legal advice, then privilege would attach. And so, uh, we have this sort of back and forth about, well alright, this work that was done is going to comprise work which includes factual findings, right? There's an investigation, we've got to find out some facts, and it's probably going to comprise um, commenting about the law. And one of the things the plaintiffs say is, well, not really, um, and the plaintiffs point to a finding in the Hayne Royal Commission, or a comment made in cross-examination, where counsel put to the relevant defendant that, well, you don't need legal advice to know that you're not supposed to charge fees when you don't deliver any service. So essentially the plaintiff's saying none of this is really legal work, one part of their argument is that none of this is really legal work, this is all factual investigations, none of it's advice, none of it's prepared for the dominant purpose of advice. Um, you're trying to find out the facts you're trying to investigate. Now. The really short point is um, there's a nice little microcosm the court deals with, and there's some other workplace issues that we won't get into today. But there's one microcosm of a first draft of the report that comes from the external firm to the internal in-house legal team, then from the in-house legal team into some senior executives of the defendant. And what the plaintiff and the defendant get into an argument about is, well, was that report going through hand-to-hand combat or, or, or advice in relation to the report, Was that for the dominant purpose of providing legal advice? Was it privileged? And what the court found in short was yes. And so privileged attached to all of the relevant document categories the court was looking at. And so that's what the defendant had to prove. But then the plaintiff argued that privilege had been waived in some circumstances. And so it was for the plaintiff to prove that the defendant had waived privilege. Because if you waive privilege, uh, then the plaintiff can still get access to those documents. And so the plaintiff argued, hey, look, you disclose this report. You disclose the work of this law firm to the regulator. And in doing that, you waived the privilege attaching to all this other sort of advice work uh, and all this other stuff that this law firm did for you. The short point is the court did not agree with that. So the court had found the defendant was right that it was privileged. The plaintiff was wrong in that privilege has not been waived and the plaintiff lost in arguing that uh, privilege uh, had been waived or did not exist and so costs followed the event which means the plaintiff had to pay the defendant's cost of that application and i hope that discussion assisted you in understanding um, the law of privilege and what it's like to get interrupted when doing a legal marketing thing for your law firm cheers